If you think about it, Oyo is truly a made-in-India idea gone global, correct, and very highly innovative. So, uh, not many companies can claim that ideas were born in India and are not global. Mm-hmm. And and that has been supported by a culture of innovation, mm-hmm. meritocracy, and also allowing people to fail within guardrails. We formed a, a war room to respond to two things. One is how can we help society, government, okay. our consumers. and local communities during the crisis call we are privileged to have a, the largest set of partners anyone has in the hotel space in india correct right? yeah and that is all across so that was one and second is how do we create additional sources of revenue in this these times that is rohit kapoor the ceo of oyo i mean who hasn't heard of oyo right it's one of the largest and fastest growing hospitality chains of leased and franchised hotels living spaces in india After featuring in a number of magazines and articles for its commendable success, Oyo is now on a new high. So let's venture in with Rohit Kapoor on what it's like to build such a business. So let's dive straight into to understand well how they did it. But just to let you know before we proceed any further, in light of the coronavirus pandemic, this conversation was recorded over a phone call. Okay so what is the team's work like at Oyo Hotels and Homes on a day to day basis how are your teams categorized and uh, how does it go a regular day at Oyo I think a regular day at Oyo is best described as there's no regular day and at Oyo we've always had a very mission driven culture we build a global enterprise each person contributes to the success in a very unique way and one of the things you may know about us we call our employees oyo preneurs yes which is our way of letting them know all the time that they expect them to be significantly entrepreneurial many of the people very young have complete ownership of projects they get to work in a transparent open environment and they're actually entrepreneurial so it's very often that somebody will come and say that look this is my company i think this is the way it should be done and this is a very very often heard statement inside of okay i have been here for about uh, this is my 20th month running but what yeah. i have heard from many people who have been here much longer mm-hmm. that in the last 7 odd years mm-hmm. there has been a culture of innovation if you think about it oyo is truly a made in india idea gone global correct and very highly innovative so uh, not many companies can claim that ideas were born in india and are not global Mm-hmm. and and that has been supported by a culture of innovation mm-hmm. meritocracy and also allowing people to fail within guardrails okay right mm-hmm. so it's okay if you have a new idea you discuss with a few people go and try okay nobody is being sort of comes after you saying oh you had decided you failed right mm-hmm. in fact often inside failures lie opportunities for future success so for example there have been cases that very early on there was a entry into national markets yeah uh, that was withdrawn but I think that learning paved the way for global entries much later. Correct, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what is quite significant is in terms of relations, direct reports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oyo has never lost a single leader, mm-hmm. right? Uh, only only one person is not in the executive role, but is now on the board of the company. Mm-hmm. But rest, the entire team is intact, right? Mm-hmm. And there are four values which guide day-to-day work mm-hmm. in Oyo. There is a building trust, being respectful. Being respectful means not just acting respectfully but also respecting each other's competence being resilient i think this is very unique to oyo i think uh, every time the company has faced challenges the one quality which gets demonstrated is extreme amounts of resilience and in my career i have never seen a company in a set of people who are so resilient to tough times right 
Pinterest. And last but not the least, a thoughtful bias for action, which is to say, it's good to discuss, it's good to analyze, but it's also important to go and execute. So I think that's who we are. Uh, product and technology again is very central to how we think about life. Correct. We've got a world-class uh, technology team in house. And a lot of time goes into teams, not just operating, executing, but also discussing and developing the next generation of uh, products in tech. And during the lockdown in India, for example, that was a unique opportunity for us to do a much more accelerated development in every area. Yeah. Because work was slow overall yeah. in the market. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was useful to double down on all the key priorities of the business. So that's what teams at OYO do. Interesting. All right. So at, at your third point, you mentioned a very important thing, resilience in tough times. It's one of the core values of OYO, as you say. Uh, the pandemic, the toughest time one could have ever thought of, probably. It's a very unprecedented uh, time that we're living in. And you guys are in the hospitality business. So it must have hit you the most. Tell us something about it. So look, I think this is quite fascinating in terms of how the company responded to the, the crisis mm. right? or mm. the COVID crisis, which everyone in the world is exposed to that. Yeah. So I remember this was, I'm talking about India. This was mid-March when it started looking like that there's something happening. Mm. Mm. And we quickly moved to a model. uh, We had meetings and we quickly realized that there is a fair degree of chance that we may not be able to operate from offices. Mm. And I remember when I say resilience, it took seven days for every leader Mm. to come up with a complete plan for work from home, including BCP, how will thousands of laptops be delivered to people who are running contact centers from home. Every function had it up and running in five days time. Wow. So when the lockdown actually got announced as a company, we had a full SOP function by function, region by region. Mm -hmm on what, how exactly work from home will happen. Of course, it was, it was still experimental because we had not experienced it. We had thought about it. Yeah. Right? Mm. So, but that was a huge head start into facing the issues mm. which we had to come later. Mm. Because just imagine one day you get shut down mm. or locked down and yeah. you have no idea on what exactly will happen from tomorrow exactly. versus every leader has a SOP in hand mm. to say, Kal se ye karna hai. Ah, correct. this is what we'll have to do tomorrow. Mm. Right. Mm. So that was that. That was one second. Is just in talking in time terms of resilience. Mm. If you think about, uh, I think we had three very simple objectives, mm. and we had a management meeting, and we said in India we have three very very simple objectives at all mm. during this COVID. Look, what is not in our control is not in our control. Correct. Right. Mm. But there are some things which are incredibly in our control and we rather focus on those rather than worry about what is not in our control. Look, uh, to me, the definition of resilience is are you able to blank out what is going on in the world which is not in your control and deliver 200% on what is in your control? Yeah, interesting. Mm. That is resilience. Mm. Right. Mm. And I'll just give you an example. We formed a, a war room to respond to two things. One is how can we help society government, okay. our consumers and local communities during the crisis because we are privileged to have a, the largest set of partners anyone has in the hotel space in India. Correct. Right? Yeah. And that is all across. So that mm-hmm. was one. And second is how do we create additional sources of revenue in this these times? Third is what is the level of support that we're going to offer to employees in these tough times? Correct. Hmm. So in the first one, we started with talking to hospitals and saying, because if you remember April, there was a lot of issues in terms of doctors and nurses even being able to reach the hospitals. Yes. They had late shifts. Yes. And you know, they'll get four hours to sleep somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And commuting back wasn't easy. Right. Mm-hmm. So we partnered with Apollo and then with like more than I think 30-40 hospital chains in the country okay. to set up dedicated facilities for their healthcare workers to stay. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Next to the hospitals. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, just imagine how, what a big difference it makes to the life of that doctor who's already done a 16-hour shift. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Where they can go, just walk across or like take a two-minute ride in a bus and, and sleep for five hours and come back to work. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference. Of so course, that's one. And mm-hmm. second is, when Vande Bharat started, hmm. right, a lot of people were being brought back into the country. They needed to go into compulsory quarantine, right? Yes. yes uh, for course. seven days, fourteen days. Yeah. Different times, there were different rules. Yeah. Yeah. Now imagine you have come into India and you have to find an accommodation. Yeah. Hmm. And sometimes if that is priced at five thousand rupees a night, you'll end up spending seventy thousand rupees. Correct. Right? It's a fourteen day period. That's prohibitive for most citizens of the country. Yes. Right? Whereas we gave them affordable options, and we, I dare say, probably had the largest share of the Vande Bharat business which came in. Wow. Right. Hmm. So whenever flights landed, our people were at the airport. Mm-hmm. We had tied up the inventory, and this was second thing. Third is whenever we picked up that there are opportunities we can help. Yeah. So I remember picking up this in the news at some point. It was one of the newspapers, I think, the Hindu or, or, or which one I don't remember. But okay. I picked up that one doctor in Dwarka mm-hmm. uh, has not been allowed to enter society because of uh, stigma. Yes, yes, yes. We reached out. We made sure that doctor had also a lovely beagle named Lucy. Oh wow! Right. Mm-hmm. So we found them a home, and there are multiple stories like this. Where my mandate to the teams was that any time you are able to help, please yeah. don't stand back. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Just and there was a war room created to do that. Okay. You'll be happy to know we have in just COVID-related societal health use cases, we must have clocked more than hundred thousand nights. Wow, wow, that's a big number. Right. Yeah, and that that did two things. One, it mm-hmm. was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Second, it also created enormous energy in, in the company. Mm-hmm. Because people felt they were able to in this tough time. Almost they were as important as the policemen out there or the you know all the people who battled for us in the front line. Mm-hmm. Our hotel staff and even our other people who were contributing felt like that. That in tough times they were able to do something for the country, citizens, etc. The second thing was uh, on getting ready for the post-COVID world. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, seeing we have launched the sanitized stay program. Yeah, which is every hotel has to follow certain protocols. Mm-hmm. Look, there is a minimum protocol followed by every hotel. Yeah, that is without compromise. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, largely based on the Ministry of Health guidelines, which came out. But beyond that, we had a certain set of standards which we call sanitized stay program. And the hotel had to undergo an audit and meet higher standards to get that tag. Okay. Within 15, 20 days, 1,000 hotels were on that tag. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And as we as I stand today, I think the number is across north of 2,500 or 3,000 hotels, which are a sanitized stay tag. We partnered with Unilever. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. To take that one notch higher. Because safety and hygiene was a piece still not was, is one of the prime determinants of customer behavior today, mm-hmm. right? Second is all the issues that we had with partners, customers, and you know, these are issues every company has, but at times when you're running fast, you okay. don't have time to come and stitch everything together. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as they say, when there's a storm, the fisherman repairs the nets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Waiting for the calm seas that, and you know, you go back again with, uh, you know, fully stitched up net. Yeah. Yeah. We did exactly the same thing on every front. We said, which are the problems which have always bothered us and we did not have the time to solve. And let's double down and make sure that we solve those problems. Third is supporting our partners in a big way because the partners have gone through a much bigger crisis than of we course, have. Of course. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And supporting them through monetary ways, supporting them through knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that our connects were at an all time high. We have done probably hundreds of webinars okay. to constantly update them on what's happening in the world, what is new safety protocols looking like, what are trends, what kind of customers are coming back, what are they saying, 
to prepare them to open up so when june 8 happened and the government announced unlock one a large section of partners were already waiting for that day Yeah. Rather than waking up that and thinking, oh God, how do I open up and what do I do? Correct. Right? Hmm. And last but not the least, I think uh, uh, we've figured out ways of managing productivity and morale in ways we also could not imagine earlier. So uh, I'll give you a simple example on sales calls, for example. The productivity in some cases has gone up by three x. Okay. Right? For a simple reason, there's the person doesn't have to spend like five hours in traffic. Of anymore. course. Hmm. That is all all loss of productivity in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it also leaves more time for family because you can pack up things and you can also balance a few things here and there. Beyond that, we also realize that people at home can get quite lonely. So we had family day in July. We have yoga sessions. Yeah. Tambola. So if I open my there's an internal Slack group. Okay. If I open that, there's never a day where something is not going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, ranging from yoga session to comedy night to let's learn this painting art at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Something always on. Not everybody joins everything, but if you have the interest, you can just join that session and learn something or participate in some activity with your colleagues together. So there have been many differences, and and the most fundamental difference in terms of working style is what we have adopted is, and this we we think is a permanent change. It's no longer a change; it's temporary. Is a hybrid model of working. So we don't believe that the world has gone fully work from home. Okay. Yet it is an important trend. So depending on what the oyopreneur is supposed to do, one can work from home. One can work from anywhere, which can be a cafe, and of course one can work from flexible co-working spaces. Correct. Right. For meetings or you generally want to be in office, you, hmm. you have locations. So we have nationally adopted the hybrid model now, where employees have will have a choice of adopting any of these three, and the company will enable all its systems and processes to make sure that this choice is available, mm-hmm. and we are able to manage productivity. And I think it's happening quite seamlessly. Mm-hmm. So those are that's what has been happening around COVID. Of course, it's been extremely challenging times for everyone. But as I said, the spirit in the company is always to look at what we can do to solve rather than to fret about things outside our control too much. Interesting. So, so the hybrid model that you just mentioned. Do you think there's a yeah. possibility of this in the post-COVID world as well? This is a permanent model. Oh, this is a permanent model. I don't model. think they're going back to a the full-scale uh, office operation. Types yeah. of office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. this has been so a to, in my mind, yeah. work from home plus co-working. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Is the model for the future which every company should seriously look at? Of course, of course. It's more efficient, more frugal. Everything works better. Yeah. In terms of your numbers, your bookings have they also risen with the unlock phases being announced? So yes, when we started the unlock on June eighth, I think the bookings that we are seeing is at thirty percent of pre-COVID levels. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're climbing steadily every week. Any particular uh, areas in the country which are experiencing more surge compared to the other ones? So if I were to give you two trends, mm-hmm. one in the axis of cities and second is the axis of what kind of customers. Okay. Right? On the cities, I will say the demand. Still continues to be a lot more in the top twenty cities. Leisure is now starting yeah. as people are figuring out how to travel to because a lot of the hills and leisure markets had rightly so some guidelines on what you need to do before you can come there. Correct. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So some require a negative COVID certificate or yeah. a seven day minimum stay. Those kind of things. So people yeah. are figuring out the mechanism to get those things done. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to venture out. But the in-stay use cases, a families, millennials. Wanting to just go and stay somewhere else outside their homes, yeah, because they just feel trapped inside their homes, yeah. being there for three months or four months. Yeah, yeah. But they also want uh, safety, right? Yeah, uh, and cleanliness. Mm. That's one. Second is the, the small and medium enterprise businessmen who are already traveling to take care of their businesses, right? Mm. Mm. So let's imagine 
somebody from Louisiana coming to Delhi for uh, for a trader you know meeting. That use case has started emerging quite strongly. Third, the COVID, what I call COVID-related use cases like healthcare workers wanting hospitals, companies wanting a full hotel near their factory or their office. Those use cases continue very strongly. Vande Bharat continues, so that's what is happening right now in terms of demand. We do believe that tourism, once COVID subsides, will come back in a very very strong way. Because if you go back in history and look at all pandemics, yeah, the rebound in tourism is always very sharp once the of pandemic course. is perceived to be under control. Yes, initially at least, yeah, for the first. Six months of the first one year for sure. Yes, and it's intuitive because people have yeah. the urge to travel is as primal as the urge to eat and urge to have relationships, right? Yes. yes. So that doesn't go. All right. So tell us about yourself. Something uh, you you've managed some big businesses over the last twenty years. How have you kept yourself going? What has been your motto? And if you had to narrow down to a couple of learnings that you've learned in your career, look, I consider myself always as a work in progress because. If if I don't take that mindset, I will stop learning, hmm. and that is my biggest fear in life. Okay, right? I have to be a learning individual every single day of my life, right? mm-hmm. and I have just three or four very uh, simple principles on which I built my life and my career. One is that you are practically the average of five or ten people you spend the most time with. Uh, and they influence you in ways which is not obvious on a day-to-day basis, but after a year you realize you started sometimes talking and speaking like them, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, so I choose people I work with very, very carefully, and that includes my bosses as well as my teams. That has been a guiding principle which I've learned during my McKinsey days, and that stays till today. Second is I've always tried to hire people who are better than me, and not subconsciously, but mm-hmm. actually consciously. So I always ask the question that this person may be at a very different life stage today, but is the person fundamentally significantly better than who I was then or now? So insecurity and ego is the biggest obstacle that one can have in one's career. Mm. And as a result, I'm very happy being having a team which sort of in every eighteen months lets me feel that I have no role left here anymore, and I must mm. do something else now. Mm. Mm. And it doesn't mean jumping companies; it it, it means. In this role, there is such good talent that I am actually not needed anymore, and that's a stated objective, and I've always built towards that. Third is what I started with is having a innate sense of curiosity, and curiosity is slightly different from listening to people. It is being genuinely interested in understanding your point of view and where you are coming from, rather than just listening to you. And hmm. I know it's a subtle difference, but it's a big difference. Yeah, most people listen to reply. I was very bad at this. Fifteen years back, if you were speaking to me, I'm already thinking all the answers in my head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This one of my friends, who's a professor at Stanford, uh, Ajit Singh. Okay. His session opened up my eyes, mm-hmm. and how much we confuse listening with real understanding, and and I think uh, that act of being curious is something I've deliberately practiced. I've gotten better at it. I'm still not that good, but something I want to get better at every day. So this is on the professional side. If you have any further questions, happy to take. So apart from Oyo, apart from your day-to-day jobs, you you've always uh, been a visiting faculty at IMT, if I'm not wrong, and SPJN uh, amongst other schools. You also invested in a couple of startups. Is that right? Yeah. So if you're asking me my interests outside of my core job yeah. uh, or my profession, yes, I've been a visiting faculty for six, seven years at SPJN, fantastic institution. Very mm. happy to having done that on and off at IMT in once in a while. Yeah. Uh, also on the board of advisory board for Vedika, yeah. which is a women's only MBA program based out of Delhi. So that has been an area of interest. I have investments in six to eight startups, and there I enjoy the partnership with those founders. Hmm. And whatever I can little help offer them in terms of building their businesses, 
I like dabbling in multiple things. Okay. I cycled at some point from Manali to Leh wow. just to challenge myself mm-hmm. two three years back. Mm-hmm. I'm a bookish photographer. Okay. And I've, the latest thing I've picked up is cooking during the lockdown. I can make a fairly decent ice cream for my kids now. Wow. So if I have to ask you one last question about uh, the future. the business shaping up in the near future say probably uh, one year from now where do you think the hospitality sector is headed to and uh, where is oyo placed in that i i've said this before but i say that anybody answering definitely about one year yeah, from yeah. now is either a genius or a liar yeah of course no the projections bit of uh, i am neither <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or some of the other states. 
Yeah. It is showing a pattern that there is a method to this madness, hmm. right? And overall, look, I am an optimistic person by nature, but I am not a soothsayer. But hmm. I, I do believe that whenever the markets open up, we'll have a very very robust recovery in travel and tourism. All right. So, for any entrepreneurs or young startups listening to this, uh, any word of advice uh, that you have to offer for them? So, look. First of all, uh, I always believe entrepreneurs climb their own mountains. Right? Yeah, the best ones. Yeah, they don't take too much advice from here and there uh, normally. Hmm. Uh, but and that's that's great. Uh, yeah. there's no problem with that. Hmm. But if I were to tell two or three things which I think are unique opportunities, hmm. right? Is one to look at definite discontinuities because of COVID. What is fundamentally shifted? If that pattern is understood, hmm. big businesses can be made out of that. Let me give you a couple of examples of which my belief outside of travel, because that's mm-hmm. sort of where I operate. Climate change, okay. right? Mm-hmm. We never had the opportunity before COVID mm-hmm. to have a experiment where this in the skies, ninety-five percent planes were not flying. Yeah, of course. To see what how it impacts environment. Yeah, yeah. Or to see that no, there are no cars in the streets of Delhi. How it impacts the environment. Hmm. This social experiment was impossible. So I think the areas of climate change will have fundamentally new data sets created, which can guide building of completely new industries. Because that those data sets were not possible before this. Of course, right? You can't stop the world to experiment with something. Of course, but that's precisely what happened in April and May. Second example, let me take is something in healthcare like telemedicine. Today it is the need of the hour because people are just hesitant to visit X Y Z places, right? Yeah, and they're comfortable for basic medications to just do a teleconsult. Now this inflection is massive because the consumer is the first time is saying this is okay, I can do this, and this goes beyond. And the reason I'm taking this example is goes beyond the usual use cases of grocery being delivered home, etc. Yeah, those are well understood, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There the shift is more in terms of swathes of new population and new consumers coming into that bracket. Right, mm. but these are fundamentally new industries being born in the Indian context. Mm. Third is if you think about mobility, whether it is mobility, what form of mobility is it? My personal use car, but I don't own it. Yeah, is a big market. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think discontinuity is which will create new categories. Yeah. Right. But are, are large in nature. Mm. Right. Need to be identified as potential large place. That's one. Okay. And the number two and number three advice are quite. It's for all times, not for COVID. Really understand a deep consumer problem and solve it, right? Hmm. And I like the notion of trap customers, hmm. right? Hmm. What does it mean? That means you and I are consuming a service, okay, which we have to, but we don't like the way it's been delivered. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no alternate. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So you curse it on a daily basis, and they. Thank you for tuning in to this inspirational episode of How They Did It. 
Stay tuned for more inspiration coming your way in the next episode only on Mashable India website, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcasting apps. This is Konak Tyagi signing out. <laughs>